You're listening to The Co Show, a father-daughter intergenerational conversation about the subjects that really matter. Welcome, everybody, to another edition, another episode of The Co Show. It's that time of the week again for 30 minutes worth of cross-generational talk between an elderly conservative father and his youthful, somewhat anarchic daughter. <laughs> Tony. We're the two Tonys. Is that an apt description? Tony? Are you still calling yourself conservative? Yeah. Why would I not? Because I definitely think that you're swaying away from conservative. You don't think I'm conservative with a small c? Potentially. I think you're more middle of the road now. You mean you're, this is part of my educational program brought to you by my daughter. The anarchist. <laughs> the anarchist. <laughs> anyway, my name is Tony Coe, the elderly conservative father, and here is my daughter. You've just heard from her. Tony. Little Tone. Little Tone. How are you this week? What have you been doing? Yeah, I'm not feeling very good this week, to be honest. Um, feeling angry and upset and ashamed and guilty uh, about what's going on in the world. Um, it's very hard to ignore and to even consider talking to you about um, anything that's happening in my own life, uh, because all I can think about right now is my own programmed racism and how that means that I've not noticed the pain my black and brown friends have been suffering with every day. And that mm. my white privilege allows me to be ignorant and turn off videos of police brutality. Mm. Um, and I feel like what's going on it, in conjunction with what's going on with COVID-19 is just really emotionally battering everyone. <laughs> right yeah. Now. Yeah, and I can tell you're very affected about it. Let's let's just start with something a little bit light, though, because I do want I, do, I really do want to hear more about your views on on that. Um, but uh, it's been a big week for me because Kiki and I bought a narrow boat called Tickety Boo, and uh, we're really excited about it. So this is part of our journey, uh, the the last stage of our lives, I suppose, the last phase. Um, when we move out to the country and um, we're just feeling very excited about that. And I know that you have much graver matters on your mind, um, but I just wanted to share that with our audience. Well, obviously that's lovely. And, um, and it has been a positive thing that's happened this week in our lives. You know, it's, it's lovely to hear your, your journey progressing um, and something for you to be excited about and, and you know, for all of us to be excited about. Um, it, I'm just finding it very hard to enjoy those small pleasures right now um, with what else is going with, with so much more pain going on in the world. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're obviously referring to the absolutely appalling killing of George Floyd. Um, and it's really very difficult to imagine what was in those police officers' minds, obviously particularly the one that was putting all his weight on the man's neck, uh, resulting in his death, and while the others just appeared to be bystanders. 
Um, I mean, it's it, it's absolutely appalling. Um, I suppose. What do I think about that? I, I I suppose that these things happen a lot in the United States, um, and I think that what we're seeing is the product of people just being able to pull out a phone now and video. Um, and it really is the video that has brought this so much into everyone's consciousness. You know, I imagine it without, without that, you can pretty much guarantee that they would have come up with some story, right? They can't come up with a story. It's, it's there in, on, on, uh, on video. And I think it's fantastic that we have that ability now to be able to call out injustice immediately and people can't make up stories anymore. Well, I think that's, you know, like a much bigger part of the problem, isn't it? Is that uh, this censorship by the media, um, the fact that all of our front pages are covered in the face of a white child that was, has been missing for 13 years um, rather than this huge movement that is happening across the whole of the world. And I'm having to rely on, like you said, video footage from protesters on Instagram as being real news over what is being printed in our, in, in the UK's media, you know, in our newspapers. And there's something very wrong about that. I'm not sure that that's accurate though. Um, I've, because I I've been I've watched every every Sunday before we do this I watched the um, Andrew Marr show, and there was half a sentence almost about Madeleine McCain and is that the right name Madeleine, yeah. um, and everything almost everything else in the entire no not almost everything well yes almost everything else uh, focused on this or a lot of a lot of the a lot of the an hour and a half or an hour and a quarter program focused on this. Um, and uh, the newspapers are full of it. And there's very little on the Madeline case that I've seen in, in any of today's papers. So I, I don't know that that's, I don't know that that's right. I think this is all over the news as it should be. Um, it's all over the radio that I, I listen to talk radio and, and LBC and it's, being talked about all the time, and I'm very glad that it is. But you had a, I mean, we're talking about that, and... Uh, I just want to say before you move on that I disagree with that comment. Okay, go I on, yeah, please do. We don't do. Need to go in, into it, but I do not think that the press are, are impartially uh, reporting on what is going on right now. And that's all I'll say on the matter. I don't think that we get impartial reporting. I think that you can probably agree with me that it hasn't been impartial with regard to politics, you know, over the Boris Johnson and uh, Jeremy Corbyn um, situation. It hasn't been impartial and press is supposed to be impartial. Well, the, th the thing I would say about that is that if you are on the right of politics, people who are on the right of politics politics complain about the media being biased against them and people who are on the left of politics uh, make exactly the same uh, exactly the same argument and i think that's i think that's to do with you tend to you tend to have everybody tends to have confirmation bias so they 
they think that the because they're hearing things that are against their position, they seize on those things, and they don't um, they don't really pay attention to the the bits that are that are, are supportive of their position. Uh, that's what I think happens. The other thing to say, of course, is that there are certain elements of the media that are uh, that that openly support one side rather than the other. So, for instance, you know the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail today focuses way too much on the protests in London yesterday, the violent aspect of it, when the violent aspect of it was actually very tiny. Yeah. And, and the, the vast majority of people behaved, you know, they peacefully, they protested peacefully. Uh, and a lot, distanced. And distanced. Well, yeah. They stood, stood in squares and distanced. But, of course, the Daily Mail has an agenda, and, and it only it only shines a spotlight on the areas that support the argument that it wants to make. And similarly, you, you, can, say the, the, you can say the same on the other side with um, newspapers like The Guardian, which are you know, quite left-leaning. So that, that's what I would say about that. But, um, okay, on let's the, move on. Let's okay. Move. So we, you, we really were – I was very, very interested in you when you suddenly raised this topic um, a few days ago to talk about um, – about it essentially i think well why don't you cue it up about the end of policing or um yeah i mean i've become very interested in educating myself on what the future could look like uh without the police um without the police basically um and i've been looking into um into uh community-led safety um programs and stuff like that and, and i'm really starting to believe that there isn't a future for for the police force there really isn't because it's a whole organization that has been built on systemic racism and you can't be you can't have a good police officer working you know working you can't be anti-racist while working for an institution with racially disparate effects on minority populations what is your evidence for 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 saying that the the I take it you're talking about the British police force since we're in Britain. Uh, well, I'm talking about everyone, actually. But, I mean, the, a lot of people say that this is a, a, a US-based issue. Um, and I think if you, if you think that the UK doesn't have a racism problem... No, no, I'm asking, I'm asking for your justification for saying... I hadn't actually articulated the question, but I'm interested in your... I'm interested in your justification for saying that it's a, it's an organisation based on systemic racism. What, what's your evidence, or how do you justify that position? Ooh, where do I start? Okay, so I mean, the police force was started to protect white people. You know, it was there were all, there there is so much disparity within um, within the. Uh, effects of, um, of of prosecution, for instance. I mean, the, the, you know, there's the case for the crack versus cocaine. Uh, the fact that um, the the prosecution of a black or brown person in possession of crack cocaine is vastly worse than a white person with cocaine, even though 
they are practically the same substance. Um, the fact that in the UK, n- nine times out of a 10, um, a black person will be searched, you know, um, sp- you know, like a sp- spontaneously searched, um, how back, you know, back in, in the 1800s, um, I mean, even, sorry, I, I'm, I'm finding it hard to kind of, to express my feeling because I feel like, okay, let, let, let's start by just saying this. I'm finding this hard to express my opinion because I'm a vulnerable person. So therefore I shouldn't be out protesting right now. And I feel like this is the only opportunity I have to, to defend um, or to stand with people of color. So I'm trying really hard to put my words together and it's actually making me feel quite mixed up. But, um, well, can, I say, can I say something before you go on? Or is that all right? Or do you want to, you have, I just wanted to say this one, yeah. point. like even back, back in the day, like in the 1800s and, you know, later than that, um, what black, black people were not allowed to own houses and in the suburbs and they weren't, white people weren't even allowed to sell their houses to black people. So that's already a divide um, between, okay, anyway, no, carry on. I don't have, the problem is I didn't do, I didn't do enough research because I haven't had any time this week and I feel like I've um, let myself. No, I, I, but we, we kind of said that we weren't going to, we weren't going to base our, you know, we weren't going to base these episodes, these, these shows on, on uh, doing research anyway, but you know, my, my, my under, I, I think, let me start by saying this. I think that it's very, very different to, I don't think you can compare racism in the U S with racism here. There's undoubtedly racism here. Um, but I have never, as you know, I, for 12 or 13 years, I lived a lot of my life in the United States and I was absolutely shocked uh, by the level of racism that I encountered. Um, I've never, ever encountered anything like what I encountered there in in the UK. Nothing remotely like it. Um, and these were people that, you know, were, I counted among our friends. And then suddenly they would come out with the, you know, the N-word and I would, my mouth would drop open. I mean, I could, I, it, it was dropped into the sentence like they were saying eggs and bacon. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, but we have police brutality in the UK. Sure we do. Uh, we have bad police officers in, in the UK and we have good police officers in the UK. And I'm sure it's that bit, I'm sure, is quite similar in, in the US. But I think, I that, I think we have good officers. I don't know how you could wear a uniform, a, a uniform and represent a company that has systemic racism in it. I mean, there, I mean, obviously it's different in the US because there was an influx of the KKK into the police force. Well, it's more than that. The 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 in the United States, the the early police force were really enforcers against black people who were slaves. Yeah, and, and it's morphed, and and that has morphed. I mean, they used to get people to do things by whipping them, right? Yeah. And 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 that actually continued. Uh, that was that sort of violence was per, per, uh, perpetuated against black people, even after the abolition of slavery. So you know, I think you can 
definitely say um, that it is an organization. I think you're, I think you're, what you're talking about, the, the organization being based on racism, I think that that can be truthfully and accurately leveled at the United States police force. I don't think you can say the same here. The origin of our police force is, is totally different from the United States and is unique in the world. We, you know, we operate policing by consent and always have done. And, and it was actually the, the origin of the police force, which started actually in Glasgow, I think in, I think the first police force was in Glasgow in the 18, 1830s, I think. And, uh, and that was, that was brought about because it was, it used to be the army that enforced and the, the people wanted something different. So it was the people that led to the police force being set up on the principle that they had to police with the approval of the public. And I think that's, I, I mean, I think that's quite I a beautiful... Lost. I think that's got lost then. Because... Well, I, think you, I think you could be right. I think you could be right. That, you know, it, obviously, it's changed a lot. But anyway, go on. You, you say what you want to say. Um, well, I mean... I just think that there is other ways to, I think there is another way other than just punishment in order to get people uh, to, to live a more wholesome life. I don't know how to say that, but I just, I, I just feel like this idea of fear and punishment doesn't really lead to anything positive. Um, well, that was exactly, I agree with you, and that's exactly what, I, that was exactly in the principles that were, stat, that were set up when Robert Peel started the police force in, in the UK. That, that, that was the central idea, is that we want to, we want, it, actually it was more about discouraging people from committing crime. It, it only later, it only later morphed into crime detection. Um, and punishment that be, that was a later concept that was brought in but you know i think i think this is bigger than the police as well because I, I you know i don't understand why we aren't teaching young people colonialism in the uk the fact that we brought that to america we, we don't even learn about the civil rights movement in the uk no we we, we probably don't no, we don't. Well, I mean, I didn't. And I didn't no, know, I didn't. About, yeah. you know, we didn't learn about um, Columbus and, you know, the the oppression of Native Americans, um, how we push them off their land, how we start. We brought slavery to America. The, the UK. Yeah, but, but what is the point? Of, that's all true. But what is the point of focusing on things that happened hundreds of years ago? What, I mean, because of, because all, of, all because civilizations were trauma. bad. Because of systemic trauma, and that is the same the same problem with anything that happens you know emotionally in our lives you know if you don't look at your history and your lineage, then how are you people supposed to heal well you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't look at it but 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 I mean your feeling it seems to me from the start of this conversation um, you're looking at it you're in a, you're feeling guilt-ridden and you're feeling as though you're you know you're a person of white privilege and all that sort of thing and I, I I don't I just don't see how that is 
productive um, and helpful. The, the thing is, like in all in all matters of of advancing our moral um, our moral principles, uh, we have to focus on improving things. We have to be positive, like we've done with gay rights, for for example, like we've done with women. You know. Women didn't have the vote. Like I mean, we've come, we've come a long way. And like you were talking about, people couldn't buy houses. I'm not. I, I'm, I didn't know that black people couldn't buy houses in the beginning or something. From or white people couldn't sell their houses to black people. I, I have no idea about that. What I do know is that uh, the working class at one time. Oh, sorry. Let's put it around this way. Only only property owners could vote originally. Well, I mean, women could only, uh, we only have women's rights, gays' rights and trans rights because of rioting. Yeah, well, we have it because of protest, the right to protest. And, and, and violence. Well, you, you, you don't know which of those was persuasive, do you? Well, we know that it's, it's a multitude of protesting that led to it. Anyway, but I mean, did you know that we're still paying off yes. debt to slavery yes. until 2015? Yes, even people of colour are paying yes. off. The de- yes, I, I mean, that's, that's wrong. I mean, yeah, that's of course it is. history. Of course it is. Of course it is. But I, I'm but still... not just about looking in the past. 2015 was five years ago. No, uh, that... that um, look, we, we're, we're in agreement. I don't think that that's right. I, I don't know how you put it right. I don't know whether you just stop it or, or, or you know, presumably there is a debt. There is you've, a, got, you've got to stop cutting budgets to to youth centres, to, to culture centres, to places that, that stop people that, you know, have, that live in poverty from getting into gang culture. But can I bring you back to your, because there's a lot we could talk about here, but can I bring you back to your central argument, which, which seems to be suggesting that we can do without the police? What are you going to do when you are the subject of sexual assault? Who are you going to call? Well, I won't call the police because they don't do anything about it. Who would you call now? If if something like that, God forbid, happened to you, or if if someone broke into your house and and and, you know attacked Tom, what would you? Who would you call? Dad, I was sexually assaulted, and I never called the police because the police don't do anything about it. Okay, so So, what what if someone someone attacks Tom in your home? Who who are you going to call? Well, probably not the police. No, I said, who are you going to call, not who you're not going to call? I don't know. I don't know who I would call because I don't, I, I am a, I am a white privileged woman and I still don't feel protected by the police. I think it's a, I think it's an extremely negative view of the police. Uh, and I, I think that's, you know, I would say that's almost as bad as, as not listening to minority groups um, as, you know, a lot of people don't. Here, I mean, it's important to listen to what our, you know, people of colour have to say about racism. That's the only way we're going to learn it. Similarly, you have to listen, I would argue, to the other side. You have to talk to the police. I, as a result of playing the sport that I play, you know, um, I have I come into contact and have friends in the police force, uh, actually all of them women, um, who are the most gentle, absolutely remarkable people. Uh, they, they have hearts of gold. And I don't believe for one moment that any one of those people is in any way, would any way support the idea of um, being, you know, treating black people the way 
you know, acting in a racist way. They just wouldn't. They're absolutely golden people, these people. Have I come across people in the police force who are the opposite of that? Absolutely, I have. But I think you have to listen to people from both sides of the, not both sides of the argument, but you are raising a lot of negative comments about our police, and I think that you need to hear from them. You need to also hear their voices, what, you know, what their position is on this. Is that not fair? I don't really think that they've, they've made much of a position on this. Well, I think I most definitely think they have. What's the expression? Taking the knee? When, you know, in order to show solidarity for the, you know, the George Floyd protests? What's take, what does taking the knee mean? I don't know, but I could imagine that that image is very triggering to people of colour. Okay, so that, but what I'm saying is that is that is showing what, you know, a number of celebrities have done and people have done who support the protests. That is what they do. They, they go down on one knee. Yes, but we have... And the police, when they were policing these protests, were doing that. Yeah, they were and doing they were that criticized. and then they were abusing people the next. Okay, I am talking about the US now, but the same police officers that were getting down on one knee were the next day assaulting peaceful protesters. I was talking about the UK because I'm not, I'm not, see- them. I'm not, see- you, you can, and I'm not seeking to defend the US police force in any way. I don't know enough about it. And what I do know about it, I don't like, but I, I know a fair bit about the British police force. And I, I think you're being unfair. I really do. So, so, so you do agree that there is police brutality against people of colour in the UK? Yes, yes. But you also believe that there are, there are um, police officers showing solidarity? Yes. So you're, you're essentially saying that there are bad apples within the police force? Yes. You can't have bad apples within a police force. That's like, imagine if you had that. You in, have in bad apples in everywhere. Area. You have bad apples everywhere. You have bad so apples in the bad apples. So you've got bad apples that are pilots, do you? Sure you do. You, imagine uh, imagine, <laughs> sure imagine you if you had <laughs> if you had surgeons that were that were bad apples. You do. That just m- messed it up like you do. they you just do. You do. No you this don't. Is the point that you're missing, that you absolutely do. Every one of those examples that you gave which you thought were brilliant were actually the opposite of that because every single one of those I immediately thought of someone in that position, it was bad. You, t- you mentioned a pilot. Yeah. I've known a number of pilots who used to fly drunk um, all, nearly all the time. And, and, yes, and probably the percentage you mentioned of the a pilots that are bad apples You mentioned like a surgeon. There are surgeons that have, you know, deliberately killed people. There are surgeons that, that you know, invented surgeries and, and disfigured people because they wanted to make money. I mean... <laughs> You, you're you're making my point for me, so thank you. No, I'm not, because the percentage <laughs> is vastly different. But it's vastly different the amount of drunk pilots. I'm sorry, no, people can't see me doing the quote. You don't know that. You you haven't done the research. Yes, we, we do know that, Dad, because we know we, that there's a, that famous case about that pilot that was high on cocaine and drunk and still managed to land that plane, even though he was under extraordinary circumstances. So what are you saying? That this is a good way to. Flight no, mode? I'm saying that the <laughs> disparity there is vastly different uh, okay, between okay. there being bad cops and there being bad pilots or bad surgeons. Okay. It's, it's hugely different. I mean, I just, you know, 
you've only got to look at the names of the the people that were brutally attacked in 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 the UK. I mean, obviously Mark Duggan's a truck uh, a tricky one because um, he was apparently or allegedly involved in in gang crime and was uh, in possession of a gun. But you've got uh, Rashawn Charles, you've got Alisseni Lewis. Uh, Sean I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not familiar with these cases. I mean, I've got, I, I've got like. I'm sure you have a lot of examples. 13, 13 cases in the last few years. Sure, and I'm sure you know that were brutally attacked by the UK police force. I'm, I'm sure that that's right. But, but you know, equally, I think to write off the whole police force because of these cases, I think is the wrong thing to do. I think, I think we have, broadly speaking, a very good police force. I think we're very lucky. I felt proud of the way the, our police dealt with yesterday's protests, even when they became violent. And I know that it was only a tiny minority of the protesters who perpetrated that violence, but I felt very proud of the way the way our police force dealt with it. And I think, you know, I wish I could persuade you. But I'd I like to hear, it. you know, we're coming up to uh, the end of our show. So I'd just like to hear in one sentence, what are you going to, because you're talking about ending the police force effectively. Well, I'm, I, I'm How so, are you going to replace I'm, it? I'm not willing to finish that conversation on you, you ending the conversation just because we're three minutes away. Okay. I think that your opinion comes from a place of white privilege. And that's not me attacking you because I'm obviously white too. But I'm saying you saying that you think that everything is, uh, you know, that, you, that you're proud of how the police are doing and that we've largely got a good police force. You're sitting in a very nice flat in Kensington in a very, very nice area and you choose not to go to protest because of your health. That is a white privilege choice. The fact that we can turn off we can turn off violent videos that we can choose not to engage in it because we are white. Okay. Black people are you going to, but are you going to just tell I'm me? I'm not finished. Okay. Black people can't choose to not be black for a day. Okay, understood. But are you going to tell me what, we're going to, what you're going to replace the police force with? I am going to educate myself on community-led safety programs. I think that it's about defunding the police, taking a percentage of money out of the police force. I, I, I'm not sure that there's any, I'm not finished. I'm not sure that there's any <laughs> fixing the police force, but in the very least we can get rid of as many bad apples <laughs> as possible <laughs> and try and retrain again, retrain, re-educate. But I think we should take a portion of money out of the police force and put that money into community-led safety. And I'm going to educate myself on that so I can better educate others on the possibility of a future without the police. Good finish. That's well done. Been. Yeah. Okay, good finish. Um, well, that was probably, well, no, not probably, that was definitely the most controversial conversation that we've had, and I enjoyed the debate. Um, I hope we can talk, talk more about that. So uh, in, in wrapping up, uh, please go to our website, which is www.tonywithay.com, and that will take you to our Buzzsprout platform where you'll be able to find our previous seven episodes as well as this eighth episode about the subject, the fascinating subject of the idea of the end of policing. Um, so, uh, uh, and if you would like, if you have any comments on what we've been discussing, we would love to hear from you. Please tweet us at Podcast. That's at Kosho Podcast. We'd really like your comments, your feedback, your views on this fascinating topic. So it's goodbye from me. 
And it's goodbye from my darling daughter, Tony. And I'm going to try and provide some resources within our bio for this episode. Okie dokie, that would be great. Thank you very much. And I still love you. I, of course I still love you. <laughs> okay. Of course. Bye for now, everybody. Bye.